G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, it is Thursday. On a Thursday, we catch up with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is Family Voice, State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Back with us, Greg. A special welcome back to 2020. Uh, Delighted to be back, Neil. Thank you. Hey, Greg, it is Families Week, and you've been giving some thought, doing some research around the natural family this week. Uh, This week, of course, it coincides too with like an international United Nations uh, Day for the families as well. Yeah, that's right, Neil. uh, Interestingly, uh, the United Nations International Day of Families commenced on 15th of May last Saturday, finishes tomorrow. And we do have an Australian National Families Week, which is supported by the Australian Government's Department of Social Services. One of the things that we did was put out a major press release nationally to highlight the fact that, uh, Neil, really families are a critical part of Australian society. And the theme this year is about stronger families, stronger communities. So we wanted to make the point, really, that uh, given it's Families Week, let's make the point that God is the the originator of the natural family and continues to hold that patent. Nobody else does. And we wanted to make the point that natural families, which consist of mums and dads, um, uh, and, you know, and whether they are, of course, uh, you can have single parents, married couples without children or grandparents, you know, bringing up grandchildren, empty nesters or whatever, uh, just to mention a few, they all are part of our Christian family. So what we wanted to make sure is that Let's not lose sight of the fact that the natural family is a mum and dad with a natural born child or an adopted child and get rid of all this rainbow family nonsense that we've been hearing about last week, Neil. That's right. Well, the interesting thing is as soon as you say natural families, someone's going to say what's an unnatural family and uh, the interesting uh, diversity that you've spoken about within what you might classify as a natural family, where you said there that also includes single parents and married couples mm. without mm. children, uh, grandparents rearing their grandchildren, empty nesters. Uh, these are natural families. And uh, in some sense here, we're talking about the scientific basis, we're talking about the cultural basis. And you're saying, Greg, the celebration of the natural family is where a Christian position lies here. Absolutely. I mean, as, I, as, as we see it, the natural family is the foundation of Western civilization. And in our opinion, and in that, based on our faith and philosophy, it's constituted by marriage and is composed of persons related to one another by marriage, blood or adoption. So that is the natural family. Now, I understand in this uh, modern day uh, society, we have families so-called that are the rainbow families that have a, a father and a father, or now they're called father and wife, I guess, but they're two males or two females. That is not a natural family. That is a synthetic, fake uh, position that puts the child, we believe, and I believe, at risk because there's nothing more than the love of a mother and the love of a father in the natural 
sense now. I guess there's always the potential for someone who falls outside of that natural family definition, Greg, to feel in some ways hurt by that. But this is not something that's ever been hidden. Uh, I remember, you know, for years and years and years, we've been talking about the idea of he's committed to her, she's committed to him, and together they're committed to their children. And uh, that, of course, is how the Western world has been able to harness uh, the sexual energy and the ambition that comes that's made the West strong and wealthy. And that's because, of course, a team working together for their children produces security, produces wealth and produces well-being. There's plenty to celebrate with this natural family, Greg. Well, absolutely, Neil. I mean, let me make the point clear. Without the natural family, neither you or I would be here, Neil. We would not be, because a natural family is made up of a mum and a dad. And, and a Christian family is, is, is part of that natural family, because it was God-ordained now. Well, yes. Well, marriage is, in fact, a Judeo-Christian idea. And as you mm. say, God has the patent on a family, and so the natural family worthy of celebration in this Families Week. Hey, let's move on. There are some interesting sideline issues that you've been following through too and uh, around uh, different types of arrangements that people are uh, are saying are families and of course uh, trans rights uh, there's a development in New South Wales I'll get your thoughts on where principals in schools are going to have power to overrule parents on children's names what's happening oh Neil this is absolute disaster as you know um I was fortunate enough to appeal before the Mark Latham Committee into natural parent uh, bill that was proposed by him. And what happened there was, of course, that uh, we put up the proposition that uh, parents should have the right to manage the education and the philosophy and the faith of their child, not the school. The school is, is endowed with the responsibility of arithmetic, English, uh, science, whatever it is, but not to have this fake false ideology that they're proposing. Now, all of a sudden, you know, if you, if you look at the Department of Education, New South Wales Department, they've issued a legal issues bulletin number 20 called LIB20. And basically what this document does is it actually, actually strips away parental rights and gives school principals the, the authority to intervene in terms of a child wanting to uh, change his or her name. For example, and, and I can give you an instance, my, my own wife, um, who's, a, who's a teacher at a private girls' school, uh, she had a student, of course, that wanted to change her name from uh, a, a female-sounding name to a boy-sounding name, and, they, and they've actually adopted that because of the wishes of the parents. But in this instance, they're giving the, giving the school principals the, the right to say, if parents disagree on what the child should be called, then the school principal decides. Now, that is absolutely false and it's inconsistent with the rights of parents now. Well, it gives the principal the power to overrule the parents. And isn't this the sort of thing we've talked about frequently, uh, about the way things that are changing in our schools, taking away parents' rights and putting them in the hands of the state? Isn't that a dangerous situation? Well, absolutely, because you and I both know that children do not have full legal rights to until 18. Now, if that is the case, parents are the legal guardians of those children, and for the Department of Education in New South Wales to have, to have all of a sudden put out an edict to say, look, school principals have the right 
goes against their own uh, directive in, in another document that they have called Family Law Guidelines, guidelines to support schools dealing with family law issues, and it makes the point that children must be registered in schools according to their birth certificate, which is either a male or a female now. Well, I imagine, Greg, there is some danger here uh, in demonising the principle. In fact, the principle seems to be here, the meat and the sandwich. Uh, there are going to be pressures on the principle from every side, and uh, the government is going to give the, uh, the, the power to rule uh, to the principle. The principle may not like that power, but they'll have to make decisions when there are messy situations, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. Look, I don't think the, you know, the, the villain, so to speak, is not the school's principal. Uh, as you said, the meat in the sandwich. Um, the fact is that the New South Wales Department of Education is unfortunately, Neil, very he- he- heavily dominated by the left, by the Teachers' Federation, and they tend to be, have this ideology that, you know, LGBTIQA is, 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 is paramount. Um, you know, let's give everything we can in the curriculum to, to make sure we reflect the LGBTIQA. Neil, the fact is that, you know, the New South Wales Department of Education needs to review its guidelines. And in point of fact, we put that submission to New South Wales uh, Parliament through the, through the committee that uh, Mark Latham is running. And we've just put in a submission just the other week, adding further details on this particular issue that needs to be reviewed because it really is... Uh, the wrong thing to do in terms of mum and dad wanting to educate and run their own uh, faith uh, classes and their own faith uh, philosophy with their children. So this has got to stop, Neil. It has to stop where the department, government is running our faith. And, of course, there are some family law guidelines already in place, and uh, I guess some of this new idea goes against those. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely does, in, in my opinion, because, as I said, you know, Children don't have legal capacity till 18. Now, if that's the case, then why are we letting, you know, young children, from, whether it's primary school or secondary, allowed to change their names from Mary or from Steve to, to, to whatever, it, or, you know, what, whatever it is? It just doesn't make sense. And why are we promoting this? Because I have to tell you, Neil, there is anecdotal evidence to suggest that once you start changing your name, the next step is transitioning your sex. Uh, that's it. Uh, there's one thing leads to another. And, of course, uh, we've been talking about natural families and recognising mm. those in Families Week. And this Correct. is one of those flow-on effects. As soon as you upset the integrity of what that natural family looks like, you get all of these other side effects. Hey, there's another issue you've been touching on, Greg, and, uh, and that is around a teacher from a couple of years ago. There was a controversy the teacher named Rachel Colvin in Ballarat. Uh, what's the story here? Yeah, now look, you will recall this now. This is so interesting because back in 2019, Rachel Colvin, who was teaching at the Ballarat Christian College, um, was actually sacked because she started teaching uh, that marriage doesn't have to be between a man and a, and a woman. Uh, in point of fact, she wanted to be able to teach and support same-sex marriage. Well, she was dismissed. She took the case to the Victorian uh, Equal Opportunity Commission down there. And, of course, um, the outcome of that court case was that the school was allowed to continue to teach its faith-based uh, uh, a curriculum. But guess what? She was paid an undisclosed sum uh, in terms of compensation uh, for, for um, 
uh, being dismissed. Now, the big issue is, and this is what I want you now all of a sudden, the tables have been turned. In a Christian school recently in the UK, um, back, uh, back in um, June 2018, Trent College in uh, Nottingham had a person come in who was an LGBTIQA activist uh, to educate the children on, you know, issues to do with same-sex marriage, um, you know, LGBTIQA sort of uh, issues. And one of the things that she was, uh, that this particular uh, activist was saying was that, uh, you know, let's all chant smash, smash heteronormativity. In other words, reject any idea that heterosexuality is the norm. Now, just bear with me for a minute, because the chaplain there, Dr. Bernard Randall, has has a role there to play. He's the chaplain. He he preaches. And guess what, Neil? He preached in his sermon. And he said that, uh, uh, you know, we need to love our our, our, um, our people, whether they're same-sex or not. We, you know, you love the sin, I hate the sin type of thing. And he said that um, you do not have to accept the ideas and ideologies of the LGBTIQA, uh, where they are in conflict with Christian values. Now, wait for it, Neil. Just because he wanted to express his view on this sermon, the college board sacked him, suspended him, and um, and he was put, uh, obviously, uh, in a position where he was unable to teach. Now, Neil, look, what is happening here? Here is a man that wants to say something and is not allowed, he was sacked, whereas the person before the woman who was, who was having her say got compensated. Now, Neil, it's amazing how the ter- tables turn depending on who is being defended or sued. And, Neil, we have to make sure that we, we support Dr Randall uh, because people like this are only speaking out and saying, I believe in my faith and my values as a Christian, and we need to support that view. Well, the interesting thing is here, Greg, is that both of these stories are mm. in Christian schools. Yep. So just because you have your children in a Christian school doesn't mean that you're safe from all of the controversies that are now permeating our entire society. And it may be a little safer in a Christian school, but uh, all these things are going to uh, obviously create some conflict when there are people who hold different values than the ideas we've been talking about, a natural family. Hey, Greg, uh, you're always working on all sorts of campaigns. Uh, What sort of campaigns are uh, people able to support with Family Voice Australia that are happening this week? Well, Neil, there's a couple that we really have to look at. The first one, of course, and you'll be aware of this, no doubt, uh, the Queensland government wants to introduce euthanasia, and Palaszczuk, uh, you know, Pro- uh, Premier Palaszczuk has said that oh, we are going to introduce it before the next election. So that's a big campaign we're going to kick off very shortly because, you know, remember, euthanasia is not health care. Let's make that point perfectly clear. The other issue we're looking at is, and I'm in Canberra next week, and I'm meeting up with George Christensen, and we're going to be looking at the Born Alive Bill again, uh, because that needs to be supported, because George Christensen is making every effort to ensure that babies that are born are not left to die on the, on, on the, ta- on the, on the uh, surgery table, but in fact given every right as a human being to, to ensure that they sustain their life. So in other words, the Born Alive Bill is a, is a big campaign we're doing, and we're looking at that. And of course, in New South Wales, we continue to support the parental rights bill that Mark Latham is, is doing there. So, and, and, and I mentioned last week, 
in Adelaide, we make we need to make sure we can still lobby those um, politicians in South Australia to avoid a euthanasia bill coming to fruition there. Well, there are three campaigns there. If uh, there are listeners saying, what can I do today? Uh, I'll point listeners to Family Voice Australia's website, familyvoice.org.au, and there'll be some detail there as to how you can support those campaigns. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, thanks so much for a great update today on 2020. Thank you very much, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.